Hey guys, just jumping on real quick here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard of it, Anchor is through Spotify. It's one of the easiest ways just to be able to produce a podcast. It's got everything you need in just one place. So Anchor has the tools. It allows you to record, edit, do everything you need to make a podcast right from your phone or your computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcasts on different platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many different more. It's an awesome tool. I love using it. I've been using it for a little bit now. And the cool thing about it is it's absolutely free. So if you're interested in starting up a podcast, if you're interested in getting involved in podcast work, then download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Is something changed in the relationship to make the ex crazy? Did you ever go on a date where the person only talked about their exes? Did you ever spend a relationship with someone where they kept bringing up previous partners or previous people that they'd been with in a good or a bad light, but oftentimes in a bad light? Did you ever have someone in your life, they always were talking about how all their exes were crazy and how maybe they were a little insane of like, it didn't really make sense, but they were crazy after the fact, they were crazy like in the fact, like they were just crazy. You'd like, you'd never believe all the crazy people that I've been with. A lot of times when you're dealing with uh, narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, a lot of times they'll use and exemplify by saying like, hey, let me tell you about my ex. Let me tell you about this person that was really crazy. And all of a sudden you start to notice a pattern of behavior that it seems like, wait a second, all their exes were crazy. Like they say that about all of them. Well, today we're going to be diving into a little bit of a book that if you haven't had a chance to be able to pick up and read, it's a great book. It's called Psychopath Free, Recovering from Emotionally Abusive Relationships with Narcissists, Psychopaths, Sociopaths, and Other Toxic People. Okay? It's by Jackson McKenzie. If you haven't had a chance to be able to pick it up, check it out. It's a great book, Psychopath Free. It's super helpful for your healing, growth, and change. If you guys don't know who I am, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. Would love to have you join other platforms, be able to interact with the community that we have out there. Look up TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. We're on all different platforms out there and would love to have you join, be able to follow, be able to get like the small nuggets of truth we drop every single day. Just look up Raw Motivations. If you're listening today on the podcast, thanks so much for being a listen. And if you'll just pop over and give us a quick like or review, just help share this message with more people to promote that awareness of what's actually going on with narcissism? What's it actually look like? Well, we're going to dive into a couple things today. Last thing I'll say real quick is if you haven't had a chance, download the NARC app. And if you don't know what it is, check out narcapp.com, N-A-R-C-A-P-P, narcapp.com. It stands for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. Community of like-minded people that are learning on courses, that are understanding more about narcissism, that are supporting each other, that are encouraging each other through the craziness that are going in there to track the no contact, the journal, to engage with, with exercises and challenges and meditation to be able to help move forward in their healing process. There's weekly lives that happen every single week to be able to help people answer questions, be able to see more aspects of narcissism and have it in a secured environment. There's monthly coaching. So be a part of a group coaching call that happens every single month over Zoom where you can meet other survivors, you can hear from other coaches and people all across the globe of what they're doing to heal, grow, and change and continue moving forward with their lives. would love to have you be a part of that. would love to have you interact with that. Go to narcapp.com. If you want to talk to me sometime one-on-one, go to rawmotivations.com. would love to have a time with you just to be able to help give clarity through the crazy making that you've been going through.
when we talk about crazy, a lot of times we'll go back and we'll remember and it'll trigger different things in your mind of like, wait a second, the person I was with, one, they seemed really crazy, but two, early on in the relationship, like dating and sometimes like in the beginning stage of the relationship, they talked about a lot of their exes in a crazy way, like saying all my exes were crazy. On this book of Psychopath Free, Jackson McKenzie goes into it a little bit and says, psychopaths talk about their exes a lot, more than any healthy individual with a new romantic partner should. After first making you feel like the only person in the world, they quickly try to invoke your pity by sharing stories about their nasty exes, who are very jealous of you and their passionate new relationship. Because these stories are completely invented, they can and absolutely will change on a whim. One day their ex is bipolar. The next day they're great friends. And then they finally, next, the next day, they're crazy and hysterical. So we're going to touch on a couple of those things really quick. There's one, two, three, four, five different ones that it statements that it puts out there. So the first one it has is my ex is bipolar. You know, a lot of times you, you get out of a relationship and you're like, I was called bipolar. Like, that's what they called me because like, it's like I couldn't regulate my emotions. Like, I don't really know what's going on. It says here, if you suddenly became bipolar after a relationship with someone that you've never been bipolar before, then you might want to think twice about accepting that diagnosis especially if that diagnosis came from your ex. The thing about bipolar is that it actually is a perfect label for the psychopath's ideal victim. If you're naturally cheerful and optimistic, these traits become your mania. When your valid reactions to your partner's abuse become the depression. During the idealization phase, when the psychopath was charming and mirroring your entire personality, you were walking on sunshine. Life was amazing. But they began criticizing you and cheating on you. You became upset and cried. They gave you the silent treatment, all the while dangling new and former lovers in front of your face. Did this upset you? Excellent. Voila, you're bipolar. It horrifies me to think of the number of victims who fa falsely diagnosed themselves based on volatile emotions that were intentionally provo provoked by someone else. Most survivors find that it takes one to two years for these moods to fully restabilize. Until that point, please be very reserved about deciding what's wrong with you. One to two years, a lot of times, to de to, to stabilize. Not destabilize. To stabilize. Okay? And when I work with people like one-on-one, -on -one, we're talking through how to change your story, change your life, the rewiring. Like I'm saying like, hey, this new story is going to feel weird. It's going to take a while. And it's going to take a while for these emotions and stuff to subside because you're going through an addiction process. You're going through withdrawals getting out from this person. Oftentimes, your, your hormones have to recalibrate. Your adrenaline levels, your anxiety, like everything has to recalibrate. But did you ever have that? Say my ex is bipolar. Did you ever have narcissists call that person out? Or maybe you were called that in the toxic relationship. Sometimes they'll say my ex is crazy or hysterical. The thing is, you have to think, there's two, there's two things that it implies here. He puts it together so great here in this book. He says their ex was always crazy and hysterical. And for some reason, they still decided to date that person. So like, hmm, what's actually going on here? Like you knew they were crazy to start off with and you decided to date with them? Like what's wrong with you? Like that's a red flag right there, okay? Or the second one is something changed in the relationship to make the ex crazy. And as a result, then you're like, wait a second, if something changed in that relationship, what did you do? Okay, thinking through that, because a lot of times they'll blame and they'll say, hey, my ex was this way. They were crazy, they were hysterical. This character is this, character is, can't talk, sorry. It serves a, another purpose. It informs you of what is considered acceptable behavior. Crazy and hysterical are the words of invalidation, minimization, and dismissal. They imply that the reactions that this person displays was over the top. And as a result, it tells you how to conform. As a result, it tells you how to live. 
Okay, it says here, you'll be wary of acting this way too. This strategy encourages you to stop reacting and thereby to stop standing up for yourself. By making you question your own sanity, the psychopath is able to take the spotlight away from their own abusive behavior and be able to put on something else. Okay, so be really careful of that. My ex is bipolar. My ex is crazy. My ex is hysterical. My ex is bitter. How many of you heard that one? What does this even mean? It's like punching someone in the face and saying you're bitter. Well, yeah, that person is bitter because you punched them in the face. The saying you're bitter somehow make the bitterness inappropriate is what Jackson McKenzie says. Again, it's about minimization and dismissal. After their abusive behavior, lying and mind games, the psychopath expects their victim to shut up or just grovel. That's it. Any signs of anger or disbelief are equated with bitterness. The psychopath will then commiserate with their new partner about their ex being childish, holding grudges, neglecting to mention all of the details they suggest that the person might be bitter in the first place. Again, it's going back to, okay, why are they bitter? Maybe they're just hurt. Maybe they're just angry. Maybe they're just frustrated because of what that person did to them. So another red flag, my ex is bitter. Another one, my ex is jealous of us and still in love with me. How many of you heard that in the relationship? Because a lot of times the narcissists will use that in a form of like triangulation of bringing this other person in to start confusing you and start making you want to work better to keep that person around. Psychopaths manufacture toxic, desperate love. And the thing about this sort of idealized and then devalued passion is that it's long-lasting and obsessive. Psychopaths groom others to spend every waking moment thinking about them. And then they tear it all away without a moment's notice. Because a psychopath, because psychopaths are internally bored and capable of human bonding, this transition is quite easy for them. But to a normal, healthy individual, it's devastating. You send desperate texts in an attempt to fix everything, unaware that they're using these frantic communications as proof of your insanity to garner sympathy from their next victim. This is why a lot of times I suggest like to go no contact and to make sure you're not reaching out because a lot of times when you reach out, you might reach out in a pissed off way of like, I hate you for what you did to me. Or you might reach out to be like, hey, I know what you did. And all they do is they turn around, they use that to the next person. That's why it's so essential when you go no contact, you go no contact, you block, you ghost, you go no contact. There's no form of communication because even if you're like, I wanna send this to him because I know what he did. I want to send this to her because she thought she got away with it, but I know. All it's going to do is manipulate the next person. It leaves you with a broken heart, crippling insecurities, and a need to defend yourself, feelings of inferiority, and a million unanswered questions. This is why it takes so long to get over a psychopath. These claims of jealousy will also serve to make their new target feel special as they're chosen one among the psychopath's many admirers. Psychopath will gladly string obedient exes along to make them seem in high demand at all times. Is that something you saw? If it is, leave it down in the chat. All right, last one here. My ex was really, my, my ex really was awful, okay? Everyone has horror stories about their exes. That's perfectly normal. But not normal is when an ex's name com comes up so frequently in a new relationship that you begin to feel like they're actually a part of your relationship. They're talking about them constantly. It's normal to it's also not normal to trash talk an ex and then hang out with them on a daily basis. Some of y'all are like, whoa, that actually happens. Like, yeah, there's there's people watching it now. There's people that I've talked to, there's people that have interacted with that that happens. Like the person gets trash talked to all these other people, and then they go and get hung out with. It happens all the time. The bottom line is this: anyone who speaks so regularly and so negatively about their ex is at least 
not at all ready for a romantic relationship. But at worst, this person is manipulating your every thought, pitting you against people you've never seen or never met, and you can be assured that they'll soon be speaking the exact same way about you to every other person in their never-ending game of chess. <laughs>